This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers. And 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Welcome, everybody, back to the Domcast Episode 9, where if you are a fan of the Brooklyn Nets, everything is fine. Presumably, right? Because you gotta think Kyrie's gonna play basketball again for y'all at some point. Preferably tonight on Martin Luther King Day. Y'all play the Bucks, Yeah, Brooklyn Nets play the Bucks, so that would be a great first test for this Big 3. Yeah, Big 3 era, it's back. Super Team era, it's back. The trade finally happened. The Harden trade happened out of nowhere. We had no news for a while, and then, bang, everything just took off after Harden dropped a nuke on the city of Houston. Poor choice of words there. I, I think I refer to it as a spear bomb on Twitter. Yeah, that was an interesting time, man. That was an interesting week. It feels like two weeks ago now. The Nets have only played one game since that happened. We have a one-game sample size between only Harden and Kevin Durant. So that'll be something different because I did make a video when the James Harden trade happened, but they were really just like initial thoughts. I actually had the Tony Parker video that I posted that day. I had that planned to post on the James Harden trade day and then all that news broke and so I just kind of had to I had to do a quick turnaround so we get to talk about it a little bit more in depth here today the things that happened the things that could have happened and what I expect to happen now that uh <laughs> I mean I don't know did we have parody did we have parody for that little bit of time that Kevin Durant wasn't on a super team we'll get into all of that um as far as content this week, VOD2K, you're now up to the 2006 season. I believe the way I scheduled it, that should be totally done now. I'm not sure when the last episode of that dropped. I think it's like four or five parts. So that's there. On this channel, <laughs> I dropped Nets gameplay. There's more Nets gameplay to come with me playing with the Nets and me playing against the Nets on 2K. Because Play Now Online, we, we had peace on Play Now Online for just a little bit, right? Just a little bit. Uh, I felt good with any team that I would run into no matter what squad somebody was using I felt like I I could I could put up a great fight which I still did if you were in the stream last night so yeah we streamed a bunch this week did a sim which I didn't like the fictional sim that's a one-off I've decided I'm not going to do any more the fictional sim did it for one season it did not entice me to continue to do another um and then yeah main channel videos Tony Parker video came out after the Harden video so I, I posted quite a bit this week I've been a I've been a busy man all right, well, that's that. I'm just wrap the content part up quick because we've we got a good one today, man. I think it'll mostly be talking about the Nets because, in a way, that felt more important than the actual games. Like last night, we had De'Aaron Fox drop 40 points, Alan Williamson was exciting. Uh, the, the Mavs are health and safety protocol to death again. 
poor choice of words right there. But <laughs> Luca had damn near like a 30-point triple-double at halftime against the Bulls, and they still lost. Like, some interesting things happened on the court. But uh, the, the James Harden trade, it shifted the landscape of the NBA, man. It shifted the landscape of the NBA. Uh, we were very thankful to have this league of duos last year that was the big selling point if y'all remember coming into the nba season was oh look at all these duos Kawhi and pg lebron and ad it felt a little bit it felt a little bit more like what i grew up with because even when you had a big three when i was younger like the celtics big three it wasn't a prime big three you only had like one prime year of those guys and then they started getting hurt they aged like they aged like milk basically and so what happens with this well it's a unique big three, man. It's unique. It's not one that you typically see. Because these are three of the greatest ball handlers. Well, sorry. Kyrie is the greatest ball handler of all time. You got James Harden as well. You got three of the best ISO scorers, like, ever. Let's just put it that way. On the same team. And it's just not, that, that's not what you see with big three. So the initial question for people was, how is this going to work? That's what people were asking before, right? Everyone's question with James Harden because we knew he was coming east there was this talk about oh the Blazers are interested in the Nuggets but it doesn't seem at least from the news we got because we get new news every week about deals that could have happened but it doesn't really seem like those ever past preliminary talks and so we look at the Eastern Conference and said he's coming to one of these teams that are pretty much contending the Nets the Celtics the Heat or uh, or Philly pretty much all the contending teams of the east he was going to go to one of those and wherever he went it was probably going to shift the balance of things a bit and every time Brooklyn came up, guys were like, oh, there's only one ball. How is this going to work? How are Harden and Kyrie going to play together? And it's, a, again, because of the super teams that we're used to and because of the big threes that we're used to, it's a fair question. It is fair. It is fair. The Celtics, I, I brought that up in the video. The Celtics and Heat were both wing players and a big man. And so it was a bit easier to make that work because the roles were a, a bit they, they were a bit more clearly defined, I guess. Even with the Miami Heat, even having their setup like that, it still took them a year to figure it out and get things exactly how they wanted. Uh, the hierarchy there was a bit more of an issue than it was with Boston, considering the Heat were a bit more in their primes when that happened. And so then you talk about the San Antonio Spurs. That's another one that I brought up. And of course, just being the Spurs hierarchy was never a problem there. As a matter of fact, we, we know that big three as Tony Parker, Manu, and Tim, but... Again, Manu was playing six man a lot. It, that was a that was a lot different than your traditional three superstar big big three that we're that we're trying to uh, that we try to talk about here. And so now we're left with this, and we have we, we don't have any sample size with Kyrie yet. Like I said at the beginning, hopefully we get that tonight. Like I, I don't even have any information on that myself because the only thing I heard from Steve Nash is that we know nothing. <laughs> so maybe he'll pop up and play basketball tonight. Maybe he won't. Um I do I wish him the best with whatever it is he's been going through or doing. Um yeah. So I I'll, I'll just say this. I I'll start with this. I'll I'll lead with this, right? One day bar barring injuries or some other unforeseen BS. The Nets are gonna win a championship eventually. I'll just I'll just go ahead and put that out there. And maybe this will be a take that ages like milk. Uh, but this is just a hill that I'll die on because the first thing I always do is I look at like the big threes that have happened in the past, and they simply don't fail that often when you look at it they get at least one right i remember george carl saying that about the miami heat before they'd actually won a championship it was the 2012 season and he was saying like it was like some documentary about the heat or some short some short thing nba tv was doing he was like i know eventually they're gonna win a championship like it's gonna come one day you know that it's coming if Kyrie plays basketball for this team 
and they don't implode off the court and there's no injuries this team will eventually win a title now do i think it's gonna happen this year not necessarily i think there are some pretty clear faults on the defensive end that doesn't take an expert to see they don't really have great one-on-one defenders the lineups are gonna be interesting when you're defending a team like the lakers and you've got anthony davis and lebron two of the best at finishing around the rim yeah that's good that's gonna be very fascinating it's also gonna be fascinating to see what type of effort harden puts out now that he's at a place he wants to be because i don't know if you guys saw james harden's like instagram stories but he's he's very frugal with his internet use like you ask him about things going on in the world and he just says i don't know i haven't seen it like the guy doesn't really seem like he's out there that much right and then the first game that he played with kd he was he was happy man he's he probably made like three stories and then one of the last ones was like yeah it's scary hours now we ain't even got Kyrie." so he is a place that he wants to be which is why and by the way, apparently Houston worked with Harden to get him there. That So that's probably, I'm going to guess, and that's where his top destination. But that's why I always said, like, if you're a fan of a team that is in trade talks for Harden and he actually wants to be there, maybe just don't write it off as, oh, we don't want Harden because we watched him dribble the ball into the ground the last few years. I was like, he doesn't want to be in Houston for maybe one of many reasons, but one of those has to be that he does he wants to win a championship, right? To win a championship, I'm going to assume he will probably change his style of play. Don't think he's going to become a lockdown defender. Don't think he's going to become a great defender. But as you can already see, he didn't really seem to have a problem like letting KD do his thing the other day. He actually seemed uh, quite ecstatic to not have to pound the ball uh, as much as he as much as he's had to in the past. And yeah, the, again, morale has a lot more to do with title teams and success than we might think, right? We might just look at a team and say, oh, that team should win. And then how often does that not happen in history, right? Not just with super teams, but with teams that we look at on paper and then they don't, they're not as good as they were supposed to be. And then you find out, oh, these guys didn't like each other. Happened with the Pacers, right? Happened with the Indiana Pacers in 2014 when on paper they were great and then they added evan evan turner which was actually supposed to be a plus but oh wait lance stevenson doesn't like that then there's problems with uh other players on the team so yeah things like that they, they end up uh they end up making a team implode so again it, i think it matters that a, a player that was a former mvp really likes where he's at i think that might translate on the court a bit so the thing that i look at when i'm talking about brooklyn is Man, it is scary, even with Jess Harden and Kevin Durant on the floor, right? Man, it is scary, because in the Magic game, which, by the way, defense, obviously, as expected, was an issue, and there was plays where Kevin Durant was guarding Vucevic, and I think Vucevic put, like, a historic performance up. He had, like, five threes with 30 points, and he, he broke some record for our center with that type of stat line. But what I'm looking at and saying is, bro, just with those two, Either Harden or Kevin Durant is on the floor the entire game. So you either get both of them or you either get one of them. And that's without Kyrie Irving. That's ridiculous when you think about it. Things like that matter. Yeah, lack of defense matters. Things like that matter as well, though. Because Harden is already used to playing point guard for a team surrounded by shooters and controlling an offense, which he will clearly get to do sometimes. And then when he's not in the game, you're dealing with Kevin Durant, who, by the way, is playing at, for him... Uh, in his career history, this is a historic season for him. I think he's averaging the most points he has since his MVP year. And this is off of an Achilles. I'm, I don't even know if that actually happened. Now I'm, I'm getting into my, my conspiracy theories. <laughs> I don't even know if he actually tore anything. Was that a was that a ploy to get off the Warriors? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm fucking off. I'm chill. chill. <laughs> so, that's without Kyrie Irving. 
Kyrie Irving's going to come back. And of course, the, the joke the night that they won, of course, and it, well, it wasn't even a joke. I joked about it, but Matt Barnes was serious. Matt Barnes comes out and he's like, oh, if I'm the Nets, I'm sending Kyrie and his bullshit away for, for two-way players and for uh, for pieces, for support pieces around James Harden and, and Kevin Durant. Well, first of all, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. I expect Kyrie Irving will come back. Also, KD seems kind of protective of Kyrie. I don't know if the Nets really want to do that. Um, I'm not exactly sure what Kevin Durant's uh, contract is, but you want to make sure he's happy so you lock him up for the long term. I don't think they're sending his boy away. James Harden also seems pretty interested in playing with Kyrie as well. So, but there is a part of you that, that when you see the starting lineup, your mind does wonder though, right? Because when you talk about James Harden as point guard on a team with Kevin Durant, and then you say, okay, what if we have some solid two-way players around that? Or what if we had some depth? Yeah, your mind does wonder a bit. You're like, you could, there is a way you could get that to work. I fully, if those were the two pieces I had to take and then fill out a team around them, absolutely. I think you can make that work at a championship level. It might even be easier to make that work. You might even have less headaches. But on the offensive end with Kyrie Irving, again, lineups exist rotations exist staggering minutes exist and so it's not a far-fetched to say oh well we'll have Kyrie Irving oh obviously all three of those guys are going to start you're going to have Kyrie Harden and KD and then it's not a far-fetched to say well one of these guys between Kyrie and Harden are going to start the game aggressively one of these guys are going to get theirs at the beginning and then as the game goes on you play different lineups to where if you don't if that's not really a great idea to have them on the floor at the same time for whatever reason, whether they're struggling to figure it out on offense or defensively it's an issue, whatever you have to do there, you don't have to play those guys all the time. You really don't. You can play a lineup with Kyrie and KD. You can play a lineup with KD and Harden. You can play a lineup sometimes with Harden and Kyrie for limited times in the game, right? But that's the part that's crazier, going back to what I said at the beginning, where you're going to have KD or Harden on the floor at least one of them at a time it's probably going to be two of them it's probably going to be at least two of them on the floor at all times definitely at least one but probably a lot of the times at least two of those guys so the regular Kyrie and KD or if you're not dealing with Kyrie and KD you might just be dealing with those two on the bench and then Harden at point guard controlling imagine that imagine that they got me out here ghetto clapping fam that's crazy Kyrie and KD on the bench and Harden basically running a second unit not coming off the bench but i'm saying like they let those two rest and they let harden maybe start some of the second quarter and then bring Kyrie and katie in after that that's crazy the options that they have on offense is ridiculous that's ridiculous teams are their regular season i mean you can't really you can't really say much about it this this season right because things are happening with covid and guys are in and out because of contact tracing so who knows what records are going to look like but man in a regular 82 game year where guys aren't just in and out of the lineup routinely this team would would absolutely dominate in the regular season more than likely so this is a headache for other eastern conference teams i'm not worried about the offense uh, some people are worried about the one ball thing yeah if you can't tell i'm not worried about the offense for the nets i don't think anybody really should be i think if you're worried about anything uh it should obviously be the defensive side and saying okay well what if a team gets bold and runs a lineup to try to play Kyrie off the floor to make sure to, to mess your rotation up right because i really i really despise that i'm bringing 2k into this at all <laughs> But I had to I had to bench Kyrie play the other day, right? I made two. You haven't seen the video yet, but I've um I'm only bringing this up because of because a, a lineup. It's a lineup perspective thing, and I find it hilarious. So I, I made there's gonna be two Nets videos, and I'm never gonna use them again. I have no reason to ever use Brooklyn again. It's very toxic. But the reason I used them a second time was because Kyrie was in a lineup, and the chat wanted to see the big three out there. 
and so we ran into the Clippers and what this guy did is he ran a big lineup with Kawhi Leonard at point guard and so it was pretty much impossible for me to have Kyrie on the floor because not only could I not score on Kawhi or PG with him I really couldn't create offense I couldn't have him defend anybody like you got Serge Ibaka out there, Batum, Kawhi, PG. I couldn't have Kyrie on any of those guys, like anyone. <laughs> so I do wonder that, again, let me go ahead and get out of 2K now because that's hilarious that I brought that up in terms of real life. But I'm just wondering, in real life, do uh, do teams ever end up running lineups to try to, to, try to force Brooklyn's hand, right? Because defensively, it is going to be very interesting to see them guarding certain teams, especially with that backcourt. It's going to be very interesting to see that. And then... I'm going to, you know, going towards the playoffs when you have to go through an Embiid or a Bam out of bio. I mean, hell, the Celtics last year lost to the Heat. I'm going to say mostly because of Bam. Like, Bam PNR worked us. And we, in a lot of those games, we were in those games. And we could score with them because Kimba, could, it, he was clutch. And I see, well, that was mostly against Toronto. Let's put it this way, right? We could score. We could put up points. That really wasn't the problem. The problem came when Goran Dragic and, and Bam got into a pick and roll and, and Tice was just basically lost. Man, was he, he got boxed up. He got folded like cardboard. And so I think that contributed more than anything to that L. And so when you have one thing for a team that you can constantly attack, they're going to be looking at that. They're going to be looking at that. DJ, this is not prime DJ. This is not peak DJ. Even if he is going to be protecting the rim a lot, he I don't think he's going to be as great in space and a lot of those situations where teams are going to try to pick and roll into death. So that is going to be very interesting. And it's things like that that make me believe they're probably going to be going to a more zone maybe because just one, there's going to be teams that where you're matching up one-on-one. I, don't, I just don't think it's going to work well. So if you have questions about the Nets, that's where it comes from. Now, this is why I say, though, eventually this team will win an NBA championship. Imagine if they had, well, if they had Spencer Dinwiddie still, he, he's on the ACL injury right now. If they did have him, I'm going to assume that he would have, uh, he would have probably been swept up in this deal. He would have been traded. But check this out. If they don't win this year, they don't win this year. I don't fully expect that. I think this might be like the first year of the Miami Heat where they probably get far, but they don't fully, and especially when guys are probably going to be in and out of the lineup, in and out of the lineup, just because it's kind of unavoidable right now. I can, I can see where that might mess with things a little bit, but you get to the off season and that's what happened with Miami every year, right? After 2011, you saw them surround that big three with more and more support pieces. So in 2011, they were surrounded by like Galskis, Mike Bibby, uh, Joel Anthony. They they didn't have great support. It was kind of that. It was kind of that big three, and that was mostly it. And they still made it to the finals. They still got within two wins of a title. Then right, uh, Dallas just had an elite defensive scheme that completely. Uh, preyed upon that that hierarchy issue that Miami was having, and LeBron was was happy to defer to Dwayne Wade when they they ran that defensive set that kind of shut him out a little bit. But they come back in 2012. All of a sudden, you've got Mike Miller. I believe they picked up Shane Battier. Then you get further into 2013. Now you've got Ray Allen, Chris Anderson. You see what I'm saying? Like it gets better and better around those three. And so, assuming that Kyrie doesn't retire in a year, and assuming that he plays basketball for this team at all. Eventually, this team, those three are going to have the pieces necessary around them. So if they don't win this year, you're going to go into this offseason. They're going to come back next year with because the, the GM will clearly see the deficiencies for whatever reason. If they don't win this year, the GM will see those deficiencies and be able to patch those holes. And there will be people willing to go to Brooklyn because there's guys out there that are like, hell, I'll play for a couple million dollars if it gives me a chance to win a championship. That's what happened with Miami. And so that's what I expect to happen here with the Nets. 
And so then that happens. Now, all of a sudden, any team in the East that could have traded for Harden probably regrets not trading for Harden, which is why I said when because I'm talking from the Celtics perspective, I'm a Celtics fan, which is why I said in the last few podcasts, like, hey, this is a this is one of those reasons why I would never want to be a general manager because they're hard decisions and the decisions that don't seem to have a good option attached to them right because i saw what they asked for the, the celtics for they asked exactly what we what we thought they would ask for right it was uh jalen brown marcus smart picks like they they asked for a house they asked for a, a brand new furnished house from boston and look now they're we're gonna be dealing with that team for years to come now we're gonna be dealing with that big three for years to come now the heat are gonna be dealing with that big three for years to come the sixers the process are going to be dealing with that big three for years to come and so yeah it might not be a great thing to to sell the house for you know even if it is an mvp player it might not be a great idea but also what happens when you don't do that is not really great either and so these teams tried like the celtics i heard they just they they said no i heard danny said no neglected to make that deal but the Sixers, however, apparently thought they had a deal done. Philly thought they had a deal done. Now, so I guess that's a detail I had wrong in my video because, again, this is what I meant at the beginning where I said just things just, just flop, right? They just flop. They, they change the story. Like the Christian Wood bit we've been having on the podcast the last few weeks, right? You hear one thing and then it just changes. Um, what we initially heard was that Philly was asked for too much. Houston asked Philly for too much and they, it didn't work. Then the story came out, oh no, actually, Houston just ghosted Philly, actually. Philly thought they had a deal done. This is the latest information we have. Again, this might be different next week, but the story we have right now is that uh, Philly had actually informed, uh, Daryl Moore, I believe, had actually informed Matisse Stiebel and Ben Simmons that they were about to be traded. That was, and again, the Philly deal was always the one that I thought was most likely to happen. I thought the Rockets were going to be happy with a young two-way star building forward. I did not think like build around John Wall was really the option here or really, you know, the direction that they're going. And so, yeah, it looked like it looked like uh, there was a deal done for Philly, apparently. And then they just got ghosted. They just got ghosted. Houston did not call back. And so it didn't happen. So I guess if you are Philly, you did what you could. Because Harden and Embiid would have been perfect. And they were actually ready to... If that's true, then they were actually ready to part ways with Simmons. After what has this been? When 2021 was it been? Three or four years? Oh, yeah. He didn't play his rookie year. That's right. That was a whole drama. Yeah. They were they were ready to they were ready to go ahead and move on from that. And so that doesn't happen. Uh, Miami also apparently said no. So Philly thought they had it done. Apparently Miami just said no. Uh, do I have what they asked Miami for down here? Wow, I really thought I did. Yeah, well, we already know what they asked them for, right? They asked them for a lot, actually. The deal I believe I saw there was Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Precious, Kendrick Nunn. And I believe they either wanted, like, uh, something about, it, like, a roster spot or so- some other compensation. So, they asked the Heat for a lot. The Miami Heat, who are not, they're, they're quietly not having a good start to the season. Uh, they said no. And so, because of that, Celtics said no. Philly was ghosted. Miami said no. Now we have a super team. If Harden had went to any of these other teams, it wouldn't have been a super team, right? You go to Miami with Jimmy Butler and Bam out of bio. I don't think you really consider that a super team. The the Celtics also would have had to give up Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, two very important pieces, especially defensively. Don't think that's a super team with him and Tatum. Don't think it's a super team if you send him to the uh, to to Philly with that's just a duo. That's actually what I preferred. That was also the reason I wanted to see that. Not only because I thought it would have been the best fit and it would have been the easiest to make work 
I, uh, for, for fan interest, right, for the parody that we've had, I wanted this duo, I wanted these duos to last, and I, I said somewhere a long time ago, maybe it was a podcast on the other platform, maybe it was a video, but I said a long time ago that wasn't gonna last, because that's what teams hunt for, big threes, it, teams hunt for these big threes for a reason, they work, they're proven to work, and the Lakers wasn't even a big three from 2013, that was actually like a big four they were trying there, and it, even then, you can't even just say, oh, that just failed, like, they, they were, they didn't start off well, but there was also injuries that contributed to that, so we never know what would have happened with that Lakers team if guys had actually come to it healthy, I think that would have been a different story, so this is a story that we have, the deal was, uh, it, the Nets gave up depth, obviously, for this Jared Allen, which imagine if they would have been able to keep Jared Allen with this. Of course, they couldn't. Right. That life ain't that unfair. So Jared Allen and Karis LeVert were treated. There was a ton of picks involved. We went, we went over the deal on the video. Uh, the interesting thing was that Victor Oladipo also got swept up in this deal. And the report there, the information we have right now, is that he had turned down the $25 million per year extension from Indiana, which was pretty expected because <laughs> this is the NBA for you, right? I swear to you, I can't remember. I don't know what game I was watching because I watch so many games every night. Or I'm like switching back and forth. Maybe it was in Indiana, it was at the Kings, and there was like an interview that came up with Oladipo. And, and Victor was just saying, like, yeah, this is a championship program in Indiana, and we're trying to reach this high level, and we really think we can do this, and da-da-da. Earlier this summer, all we had heard that he was he didn't want to be there. He wanted to be in Miami. And it didn't seem like he wanted to be there. Then we heard from him, like, oh, yeah, I want to be here. Apparently, he's turned down an extension here. So, the NBA, especially when it comes to media, is just like a ton of politicking. That things change like it's just you have to put your, your your finger in the air and see which way the wind is blowing each day because that story changed like three or four times we knew he didn't want to be there apparently he doesn't even want to be in houston he wants to find his way to miami eventually he wants to find his way to miami so houston is gonna compete for a playoff spot this year i think uh in the western conference this is a play-in thing that makes it a lot more complicated than just qualifying for an ac but with the roster that they have they should be able to at least compete for it you've got christian wood who is, uh, if you, if you don't know his game, then you're a casual. He says so himself, because <laughs> Shaq didn't know. Shaq apparently was not familiar with this game, which is very interesting. Very, very interesting and telling. Uh, and Christian Wood called him a casual on live TV. <laughs> I don't think Shaq liked that. <laughs> but he didn't go off on him, though. He didn't bring up the ring count. He didn't start bringing up money and all that. Uh, yeah, no, the Rockets, uh, the Rockets will compete this year, and then Oladipo, his, his contract will come off the books, his contract will come off the books, and that'll, Houston's got a ton of picks, so like I said, build around Karis LeVert, or build around John Wall and Oladipo, none of that was ever Houston's plan, in my opinion, I believe they're trying to find the next big thing, and the next big thing is, it wasn't in that pile of players, and the interesting thing is, what's happened with Karis LeVert, is because of this trade, uh, there actually had to be more included to compensate Indiana because he's not he's out indefinitely they found a mass if you hadn't heard they found a small mass on his kidney and we don't know what that is yet don't even need to speculate don't even want to speculate but that could be that's potentially serious right that's pretty crazy so now uh, this trade depending on what happens with that could have gone a long way in you know avoiding tragedy I guess but because of that, Karis LeVert, uh, yeah, absolutely wish him the best. But we, we probably won't see him for Indiana anytime soon, from what it sounds like. And so, the that's, that's interesting for Indiana, too, because the whole idea, I thought, in trading Oladipo was get something for him. And you got, like, two or three years of Karis LeVert, and now that's kind of up in the air. So, 
we'll see what happens, but yeah, health and safety first. Health and safety first. Um, the Rockets GM, Raphael Stone, said that the reason why the Nets offer was the one that he chose was that it gave them flexibility. He said in the NBA, the picks are the best currency. Everybody likes them. Everybody is everybody values them. And he he said he's been mentioned Oladipo. They didn't say what he said about Oladipo, but I don't think anybody expects him to stay there. So yeah, picks, whether you end up drafting somebody important or whether you end up uh, cashing those out for another asset down the road whatever it is they do have they at very least have flexibility i mean it kind of worked out for boston right no championship has happened yet but once they got rid of the big three they were able to turn a lot of that into tatum around which is i'm not i'm not mad with the core i'm not mad with the core so we'll see what this turns into for the rockets down the road the uh interesting thing is the way that this came about though because i mentioned at the beginning i didn't really go fully into it but the way that this came about, the last podcast, I had said we just had nothing from Harden. I had started to wonder, I really did start to wonder whether Harden had actually, not if he actually wanted to be traded, but it did start to stick out to me that we didn't actually have anything confirmed from him, right? The entire time we'd been hearing things in the media about Harden not wanting to be there. We heard about the practice uh, fight. We saw the pictures. Again, I guess actions speak louder than words is really the thing. So while Harden hadn't said anything, he had completely disrespected the Rockets and his teammates and so but still though with no activity with no talk from the Rockets and with no talk from his side I did start to wonder I started to wonder like well and I saw John Wall playing out an elite level I was like is are the Rockets just going to make him play this out does Harden want to play this out his effort didn't look great so I mean again actions speak louder than words his effort (laughs) there's times where like he just wasn't even getting down the floor if it wasn't offense, there was just no effort whatsoever. So his actions always kind of said he didn't want to be there, but I was kind of wondering about it. And then he just came out and ended it that night that uh, then with the interview. That was basically his exit interview. He just decided after that, two losses straight to the Lakers, by the way. After two losses straight to the Lakers, he just came out and said, look, we're not good enough, da 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 you know, chemistry problems. I did everything I could for the city, and I'm out. <laughs> I'm bouncing. And so that that uh, was a very interesting exit because part of me was starting to wonder with the way the Rockets uh, lineup looked. Obviously, like I said, chemistry does destroy teams, right? So they had a great, they had a good roster on paper, but chemistry wise and Harden not buying in, like John Wall said, it wasn't working out. So I was I, I was just I was wondering which direction it was going, and then he he came out and nuked it. Um, the players felt like I thought they felt because you heard after that. Cousins came out and said that his interest to play with the Rockets was because of John Wall. He didn't really, he didn't say not Harden, but yeah, he said John Wall is his old teammate. That's what he wanted to play for. He said that the disrespect started long before that and training camp, which that's again, go back two, three, four podcasts. That's exactly what I said. I was like, if I'm John Wall and Cousins coming off of major injuries and I'm trying to prove myself and I'm trying to have a good season and do this out here, not even showing up to camp, I take that as disrespect, especially if I'm a John Wall level player, I take that as disrespect, although Wall had never said that publicly, but clearly, that's at least how some of the team felt, and so that makes it all interesting that Harden got to the Nets and said that he's a great, he's an elite leader, I believe was the words, he was an elite leader, he's a great teammate, and uh, he's ready to get to work, (laughs) he's ready to get to work, yeah whatever you know let's let's see what happens let's see what happens because again players being where they want to be they can make all the difference so they're gonna play milwaukee tonight i think a lot of eyes are gonna be glued to that whether kyrie irving plays or not because now you start to wonder well 
they don't have one not even like decent defender on the floor for Giannis and I get he's the MVP and he does what he wants throughout the season that uh this that the other thing but you don't have the means or the you don't have the means to really build a wall or anything and the Bucks have shooters obviously so not not really 100% sure how that'll work it's like who on this team guards them they really don't like you have the young guy that comes behind DeAndre Jordan and you have DeAndre Jordan that's pretty much all your size on that team so I'm going to be watching that one pretty intently not going to be doing a watch party for it but I am gonna I, I I'm not gonna make any not gonna make any uh final decisions off of one game either like I said at the beginning of the season with the Warriors who are now six and six I believe and they play the Lakers tonight yeah we actually have a pretty good slot tonight it seems like the good games didn't get postponed uh, Phoenix is going to play somebody interesting. You know, we have the Nets game and the other Warriors and Lakers, which, if no other reason than Steph and LeBron, that's a lot of fun. How far the Nets actually go this season? The East is still tough. I expect, I expect that by the end of uh, I expect by the end of this NBA season, we'll have a better grip on COVID. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but that's like what three, four, five months from now. So. Once you get there, I, I'm assuming like you're gonna get to the playoffs, and guys aren't gonna be missing games as frequently, and that's where you'll uh, th- that's where things are gonna get interesting because the East is still, even though it has a clear, I think it has a clear favorite now. That's the difference, right? Is I think there was no clear favorite before, and right now we still have to see Miami get back to their level. Miami's not even in the in the playoff picture at the moment. It's only been like what ten games. But their record is below 500. We actually have to see them get back into the thick of things. Right now, closer to the top is Boston, is the Bucks, uh, and your Sixers, and then the Nets are getting back because they've been missing guys. But yeah, once you get that, I think you have a, I think you have a clear favorite here. And Miami might not even be in the way the way things are going right now. But again, it's still really early. Everybody just from where we're sitting expects the finals to be Nets and Lakers, right? That's what everybody probably wants at this point. As much as people say they hate super teams and as much as we love parity, the ratings do kind of show. Well, unless it's like the Warriors playing the Cavaliers for the hundredth time in the finals and it's completely lopsided. If there's a super team and there's some good competition... That's where people get interested because of narratives, right? Because of narratives, because that's what's interesting. That's that's the part I've been forgetting. I know I've, I was sitting here looking at my sheet like I know I'm forgetting something. Yeah, narrative wasteland, right? Narrative wasteland. So that's where I'm wondering which which one is it. That's why I've been wondering which one is it. Is it the Nets are an overpowered super team that are unfair? Or are they not supposed to win a championship this year? Because, I, like I said, where I stand, I'm, there wouldn't be my pick right now. I think they're eventually going to win it this season. I, I don't think so. Even if they get there, I don't think so. But that becomes very interesting because, you know, of course, this this became about LeBron in every way possible the night that this trade happened. <laughs> Twitter was a fun place. It became all about LeBron James. Uh, apparently, the Lakers destroyed the Rockets and James Harden, which if somebody pulled up, they were like, this is all the evidence you need. It was funny. It was a, it was a, somebody searched Daryl Morey's tweet history. And it's actually crazy when you look at it. It's a crazy picture. It's all of Daryl Morey's congratulation tweets to the Warriors in a row for like four or five years. <laughs> and so when you put it like that, it's not really a question who actually did the most damage and, and, uh, 
and ending James Harden and the Rockets because I actually have a James Harden career video coming up soon and I already wrote down like the structure for it and I, I was by the time I got to like 2019 I was like damn <laughs> they really they literally lost to the Warriors almost every year except one in, in James Harden's contention years uh like 15 16 17 18 and 19 so out of those the only one that they didn't play and lose to the Warriors was 17 I believe right they lost to the Spurs that year Every other year was was James Harden and the Warriors and got close, only got close one time. Yeah, he only got like really close one time, and we know what happened then. So yeah, then but LeBron tur hit a turnaround three, and then James Harden requested a trade. The other narratives that came along was oh, all these stars are now running west since the uh, yeah running east since LeBron is in the west, which I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out who they were talking about because if I can remember correctly, Jimmy Butler was on a Wolves team that wasn't competing for anything and they traded him, right? Yeah, they traded him to the 76ers and he left the Sixers and went to the Heat. So he didn't run Jimmy out of the West. Who else are we talking about here? Kevin Durant was on the Warriors and he left the Warriors. He left the Warriors uh, when LeBron was on LA and we didn't even know what they were going to become, right? Yeah, I'm trying, sorry, I'm trying to put this all together in my head at, at this at the same time. So that he left in 2019 after he got injured. He could have stayed with the Warriors and continued dominating. Because now we see he comes back from this Achilles just fine. Who knows what would happen with Klay Thompson. But let's just, if you just put yourself in his shoes from 2019, he could have said, okay, me, Clay, yeah, we're going to come back and recover. And we're still going to be what we were. So I don't think, yeah, running to the Nets from the Warriors to get away from LeBron James, that doesn't make any sense. I don't think Kevin Durant ran away from LeBron in the West because staying, if he just wanted total dominance, he could, in supremacy, he could stay with the Warriors. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, so that's KD check. That's Jimmy Butler check. Who else in the, in the Western Conference are we talking about here? Talking about Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook is not even like superstar Russell Westbrook anymore. And he, during the playoffs, said he just feels like he's running around in Houston. That whole Harden and Westbrook marriage was suspect from the start. And so then he, I, I don't think he asked for a trade to the Wizards, but that's where he got traded. He just didn't want to be on Houston anymore. Anyways, yeah. So you see, this narrative wasteland is an interesting place. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like you can respect and honor LeBron's greatness without coming up with desperate reaches like every time something happens like as far as i'm just sitting here going off the top of my head i don't i can't think of anybody that actually like i can't think of anybody that actually ran away from him even again when you're talking about the james harden thing that's been boiling for years they've been losing to the warriors for years i don't think i don't think lebron and ad was the yeah i guess that was the final straw i guess you could say i guess it was the final straw as he just figured out he wasn't good enough but they've been losing before that it wasn't like they were winning and then lebron came west and then he's like all right i gotta get out of here i don't know i don't know that that was one of the narratives that we saw <clears throat> and then the narratives that'll arise later on are going to be interesting because of course i think kendrick perkins has already come out with the tweet that if lebron beats this big three in the finals then they're He's like the undisputed goat, um, which I've already said long before. Like I pretty much understand. Like these days, where, whether you think MJ is a goat or LeBron is a goat, like I pretty much, I pretty much understand either perspective at this point. I go, I think goat conversations. I I grew out of those. Those are those are tiring. Those are tiresome. I like to make the case for goat things where like you just present every player's case. But as far as like just arguing it until you're blue in the face, I I've grown out of that era. 
I did find it interesting though. I didn't even I didn't mention this at all. But I did find it interesting that LeBron retweeted RDC. That I found that I found interesting. If you didn't see, first of all, shout out to RDC. Just just W's all around, right? I've never seen them I've never seen them miss. RDC is incredible. But they made a video which was hilarious about LeBron finding out that the Nets got James Harden. And as soon as he 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 yelled that I'm 36, I'm 36. I knew for a fact I was like, yeah, that's gonna, it's gonna be a hit video. I didn't know it was gonna get retweeted by LeBron though. Now LeBron retweeted it with all the laughing emojis and typed in all caps, I'm 36. Yeah, it's like on one hand, yeah, can LeBron just find stuff funny? Yeah, of course he can. But when I I, I don't know, I also feel like when you laugh at something like that, like one of those good belly laughs. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of probably how he feels too. I feel like he laughed at it because he understands it. Now it's funny as shit, especially the Kyrie part too, because the part where Kyrie Irving is, uh, it, it, the, the what's his face, Mark? Yeah, Mark Phillips. His reenactment of Kyrie with the ring is is hilarious. But we already know that LeBron kind of feels a way about Kyrie because he's pretty much said as much with what Kyrie said about him and in, in the interview earlier in the summer. So we know LeBron feels a way about that, and the Kyrie bit was in the video. LeBron was like, you scared? Or Mark Phillips. Yeah, yeah, Mark was playing LeBron and Kyrie. Yeah, he played them both. And he was like, yeah, he's like, are you, are you scared of me or something? Like, with having all the having all these players that he's teamed up with. <clears throat> and so, I don't know. I just found LeBron's retweeted that one funny. It, it almost felt like something of a cosign. Uh, it, it really did kind of feel like a cosign. Because you laugh at things that you relate to sometimes, right? Like, that's a big part of things that, that, that are hilarious. It just feels... I didn't think a player would ever acknowledge a, a narrative like that. Because the video is hilarious, but it's also got some narrative to it. Because the whole thing is based around LeBron being old and always having to go against Avengers, basically. Last few years going against the Warriors. Uh, then yeah, every other team he's had to play. Speaking of which, so... That's something else that I hadn't seen talked about as much because it seemed like people were just kind of happy for Kevin Durant, right? It seemed like people were happy for KD coming into this season. He played, uh, he's been with the Warriors for the last few years. I even said myself, like, this is one of the few times I could come into a season and say I'm really genuinely excited to see KD because he's always been fun, but it wasn't fun seeing him as part of a God squad. And so the whole reason one of the reasons it felt like he left the warriors to go to the nets there was many reasons involved there i've read the the kevin i've read the book about that but one of the reasons felt like in this last arc of his career he would go win a championship that people couldn't say anything about because he's always going to be a champion sure but people are always going to say that that those warriors titles were it like any superstar could have done that right any superstar player throughout history could have went and joined a, a team that was already champions or a team that was already basically made and then won multiple championships. That's something any superstar could have done, more than likely, health permitting. And so it seemed like he went to Brooklyn to kind of get one that people just, you, you have to shut your damn mouth. If I win with Kyrie Irving and a good supporting cast, well, that's just me and a duo. I'm in a duo. And so I win that championship. You just gotta, you gotta be quiet. You can't say nothing about that. Yeah, it's Kyrie, but this is also... And then the way he's playing right now, it's very likely if it was just him and Kyrie, it's very likely he would probably end up with a finals MVP, right? So I do wonder now with him and James Harden, that's again something that popped up that night because now it's those three. And again, this is one of the craziest offensive big threes ever. I do wonder if they go win now, how has it looked at? Because I did see people also saying like, oh, he went to the Nets and built another super team. Well, he didn't do this. <laughs> I was wondering like if that was kind of lost in translation that... Yeah, maybe Durant wanted to play with James Harden, but the whole James Harden trade 
it's all good. That kind of came up on its own, and the Nets had the assets to make that happen, and so uh, they wisely did. They, I think they wisely did. Some people disagree. I saw some people say, because my video was titled, it, it was the right move. Some people said it wasn't the right move. Okay, you're allowed to disagree. Sure, we can have our opinions. I think it was the right move. I would have done it. And uh, But yeah, that's again, that's a trade that the Nets made. And so KD didn't necessarily build that. You know what I mean? But it's going to be interesting because I do think it's going to be a championship that comes out of that. And then people are going to say, oh, well, he won two rings on the Warriors. Then he won two. Then he won a ring with the, this big three, this incredible big three. I just wonder how people are going to look at it. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Kevin Durant himself thinks that he doesn't have to prove shit. As a matter of fact, he said he got into a, another social media argument. This one with Cuffs the Legend, if you guys aren't familiar with him, I believe that's uh, that's just somebody that's associates with LeBron. I'm not exactly sure what his connection to LeBron is, but I believe they're even friends. And uh, yeah, Cuffs on Instagram said something about like Steph and Kyrie. Not bad, Steph and KD. Their whole, again, their championships came up. Long story short, KD answers that, oh... We don't need to like prove to you that, or we don't, you think we're actually trying to prove to regular people that we're good at basketball, which wasn't the argument, but that was Kevin Durant's assessment of it. Uh, Cuffs tried to like lower the temperature a little bit and be a legend on your comment on your thread. You know, people are gonna come in and, and clout chase. He lowered the temperature a little bit by saying that yeah, nah, people just want to see if you can like you and Steph can win as like the guys, I guess. You know, like basically they're saying like on a team that's not stacked. That's that was what his point was. And KD goes, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cuff said the average fan. He's like, oh, yeah, no, nah, I get it. But the average fan wants to see that you guys can win uh, without a you know, stacked team. And KD goes, you're an average fan. <laughs> he just said you're an average fan. You are the average fan. Um, so that was how that one went. So he's still replying to these things. And uh, yeah, that, that did take a. That did take an unexpected turn. I mean, this this whole thing with Kevin Durant's last chapter of his career, because he did always say he was going to retire kind of early, right? So this thing with the Nets is probably the last chapter of his career, and now it's uh, now it's as part of a big three, whereas we thought it was just going to kind of be him and Kyrie for a while. And, hey, this is where we are, man. This is where we are. I've spent, like, what, 45 minutes talking about the Nets basketball-wise, talking about them narrative-wise. Um, it's gonna be interesting going forward. It's gonna be interesting going forward. I'm, <laughs> I want to watch Nets basketball. I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> I like parody. I like duos. But Harden and KD on the same floor was very fun the other night. And now they throw Kyrie into that, so now they're in that like case study level. I'm always fascinated just from like an X's and O's standpoint. That's why I do breakdowns these days. Like X's and O's, they fascinate me. And so. When Westbrook was when Westbrook was on Houston and they got rid of Capella, I I was very fascinated. I wanted to see that work and or wanted to see how it worked. Of course, it didn't. And so now this is up there. This is this is up there with those for me. I I, I want to see how how they do the rotations, how they do the minutes. Um, hopefully we have our first opportunity tonight. Hopefully we have our first opportunity tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks, which is a very uh, plausible Eastern Conference Finals matchup, right? 
this is why it's so interesting that Giannis ended up signing an extension because this is why it was interesting this is why it caught me off guard this is why that caught me off guard I did say that they did enough I made that video when they got Drew Holiday well that was when they got Drew Holiday and Bogdanovic they didn't keep Bogdanovic after that I was surprised that he signed an extension because I thought he was at least going to keep his options open but he like I like the title of my other podcast I said he wants to win a Dirk style or a Dirk style ring apparently that's the the motive here because if he does win one that'll it'll kind of be like that now right he's got a good team don't get me wrong he's got a good team and I'm not saying like Chris Middleton and Drew were bums at all but they're also not the Anthony Davises of the world they're not the James Hardens of the world <laughs> they're not the Kyrie Irvings of the world and so imagine that this would be a great year before the Nets really figure shit out this would be a great year for Giannis to to beat the Nets and then uh maybe win a championship and then get it while it's hot right get it while you can <laughs> the don't don't be surprised if we're sitting here four years from now and the Nets are in their fourth straight finals because that's what happened with the Miami Heat the Miami Heat did not win seven titles like they said they would um but they did go to four finals and probably would have made more if LeBron stayed so that's that's where we're at man um, I, I had so oh yeah, there we go. That's more narrative wasteland. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll be doing a watch party for it tonight, but be sure to tune into that because we all want to see how that's gonna work. LeBron was a part of this conversation, and Gilbert Arenas said that LeBron James is the goat, but his reasoning was obviously kind of interesting. Said that if you gave Jordan and Kobe those Cavs teams, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. That is literally just an echo of NBA Twitter. Before the tragedy, obviously, because after after the tragedy, you don't really see people. You didn't see people a lot talk about Kobe's legacy the way they used to. Anyways, uh, that that yeah, that's very interesting coming from Gilbert Arenas, and it's also interesting because Kobe in a tougher conference went to the playoffs with what was that starting lineup I saw? Smush Parker, Kwame Brown. Uh, was that Chris Mim or was that Vladimir Ramon? I don't know. Fam, their roster was terrible. <laughs> The roster was here, and what seed were they that year? Let me let me look that up real quick, cause I don't understand that, right? Just let, let's just do some simple, let's do some logical things here, right? First of all, I'm gonna look up the 2006 Lakers on Basketball Reference. This is Mui Interazante. Look at this. The 2000, 2006 Lakers won 45 games. They went 45 and 37. Kobe Bean Bryant averaged 35 points. He averaged five rebounds. He averaged five assists, two steals. He did so on 45% field goal percent shooting. 35, my bad. 45% field goal and 34% from three. On that team, your second best player was Lamar Odom. There you go. So you got Kobe, you got Lamar. Then after that, it falls off a cliff. Fam, Smush Parker, Chris Mim, Brian Cook, Kwame Brown, Luke Walton, Devin George. Look, 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 look. Listen to me. I don't care what you think about Lamar Odom. I don't care how good you thought. Good God, they were playing 40 minutes a game that season. By the way, Kobe and Lamar Odom played 40 minutes a game. Kobe played 41 minutes. Lamar played 40. So I don't care how good you think Lamar Odom was because he was good. But he was also one of those players. Like, this is not superstar level player. This is not like, this is not all NBA multiple years. This is not that with Lamar Odom, right? This was a great piece once the Lakers got stacked and uh, they got Powell Gasol and they got other support pieces. Lamar Odom was very, very good for that role. He is not the second guy on a, on a, trash team that's gonna go far, right? That's not that. It, whatever you think about Lamar Odom, it's not that. That team made the playoffs, guys. 
that team made the NBA playoffs in 06. Matter of fact, they went seven games with the Phoenix Suns, who didn't have Amari Stoudemire. And what were you guys in 2006? What seed were they? They made that as a... That, that actually will be a little bit harder to find because they don't keep the stuff on the same page. Either way, you understand what I'm saying here, right? It was probably like a 6, 7, 8 seed. It's one of those. You understand what I'm saying here, right? The Western Conference in 2006... Matter of fact, nah. Fuck that. I need to go all the way. I need to see this through. I need to see that season. The 06 season... So in the 06 season, the, yeah, the Los Angeles Lakers, okay, so they made it with 45 wins at around the 6 or 7 seed. That's 45 wins. That 45 wins would have put them, that would have had them in the 5th seed in the East in that specific year. So, but the teams, when you look at the teams, you had the Spurs, you had the Mavericks, you had the Suns. Wow, Memphis was up there back then? I did not realize that. So you had teams like the Spurs, Mavericks, and the Suns in the 06 West. And in the East, you're looking at, after Miami and, and the Pistons, sans LeBron, it, it really falls off a cliff in terms of, like, first of all, none of these are contenders whatsoever. None of these are contenders. None of these are very frightening rosters. My whole point here is, long story short, why could Kobe Bryant make the playoffs in the Western Conference with Lamar Odom and virtually nothing else in terms of NBA talent, but he wouldn't be able to do that in the Eastern Conference with a team like the Cavs that part I, I don't get because it's in the east you're in the east so even if you're saying oh well he doesn't have Lamar Odom anymore you're in the eastern conference now and the team is not a whole lot better why wouldn't he be able to do that so if you can take LeBron as the GOAT that's cool but I think that that reasoning is flawed I feel the same way for a guy like MJ if Kobe would be able to do that I think very similar styles I think MJ would be able to do the same thing now if you want to say that those teams aren't going to the finals Okay, that's probably a bit more of a valid argument. That's probably a bit more of a valid argument. But not make the playoffs? That's just being extra. Because the 2007... The 2007 season, by the way, the Cavaliers were second in the Eastern Conference. That team that everybody bashes on, that team that everybody says was like, I think they refer to the rest of the roster as like mop buckets and whatnot, the team was second in that year's East, behind the Pistons. The Ben Wallace list Pistons, by the way. I sometimes see people say that the Cavaliers beat that 04 team that beat the Lakers. No, they didn't. Ben Wallace was a huge part of that. Ben Wallace was not in that team. Ben Wallace was actually on the Chicago Bulls at that point, reaching his older reaching his older days. The Chicago Bulls were third. That was what Ben Gordon, Kirk Heinrich. That was that squad. The Toronto Raptors, Chris Bosh's Raptors, which nobody has ever rated. They were fourth in that Eastern Conference. You go to the Miami Heat, they were injured the hell that year. They only got 44 games. That's They actually ended up coming right behind the Raptors. Then after that, you go like the Nets, the Wizards, the Young Magic. That's not a good conference. That's not a good conference. So come on, you don't have to be that extra, right? When, talk, when pumping LeBron up, you just don't have to be that extra. Kobe and Jordan are not missing the playoffs in that, in that, in that conference. They're just not. And not, they're just not. This is the younger Dwight Howard of 40 and 42 Magic. They're not getting in over that with the Cavaliers. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. I just thought the logic was flawed. I probably spent too much time on that section. Um, yeah, this is why I don't really do GOAT debates anymore. Because they're full of... First of all, they go all day. And then they're full of random narratives like this that take time to, to bust. You have to go through and show why that's wrong. New ones is completely lost. So that's why I'm like, bro, whoever you think is a GOAT is the GOAT. But 
the fact that Gilbert brought out an NBA Twitter narrative for this, it's kind of crazy. That's not all he said this week, too. I think he went even further about, uh, <laughs> yeah, he don't, he don't like the, uh, he don't like the shit 90s players talks. He talk, said something about Gary Payton and how he went at him and how he was a small guy. You guys, Gilbert Arenas is fun. Regardless of this bit right here, Gilbert Arenas is fun and he's hilarious. So that's, uh, if you're looking for more content. <laughs> despite the NBA Twitter despite the NBA Twitter reasoning here I recommend Gilbert Arenas that, that's a hilarious man um moving off of narratives out of that some of the stuff yeah see this week went so fast some of the stuff doesn't really seem as relevant anymore uh oh but this is relevant so damn this is really relevant actually the Blazers because now I'm about to get into the standings I did it at the beginning last week but the Nets were more important this week um you know Yusuf Nurkic cannot catch a break so after snapping his leg in half back when it was a year and a half ago two years ago and just now getting back when he got back into the bubble wasn't in shape but was still putting up numbers trying to get back into the flow of things and Nurkic has not broken his wrist fractured his wrist he has a fractured wrist he'll be out eight weeks of course in the western conference anything matters any little bit of time that a team misses an important player that matters that's why uh i'm assuming john morant felt the need to get back as quick as he did because john morant sprained his ankle it looked terrible too and he made it back inside three weeks he's already back he's wearing high top kobe's now here i am still feeling the stiffness in my ankle from november <laughs> almost two months next week will make two months and I, I still can't really even jump yet this man's back on an nba court uh, must be nice but yeah so that happened and also cj mccullum sprained his foot i don't have a timetable on that one yet so lillard has been putting up numbers but yeah he's gonna He's going to have to do a carry job for a little bit here. He's going to have to do a carry job because that's like, and, and you're talking about in this COVID year where anybody can pop out at any given time. That is shit luck for Portland. But mind you, they have not missed the playoffs under Lillard's tenure. They have not missed the playoffs since his rookie year, regardless of what's been thrown at them, even when they had to sneak in last year. So if they have to, if I had to put my money on a team to sneak in, if it comes to that, then, you know, I, w- I would ride with Lillard. But that's what's happening there. Um, that brings me to, yeah, I'm going to go to the standings here. We're going to read off the standings because there's probably a couple of things I wanted to say about some of these teams. Things are shaping up a little bit better. Oh, yeah. So right off the bat, Cleveland, just because they caught my eye first, they're seventh now. They're think the world is correcting itself. The Knicks are ninth. Uh, the, the Cavaliers are falling out a little bit. Of course, they've had uh, Sexland has been out, I believe. Health and safety. I think the whole team was like health and safety protocol damn near. Anyways, with the acquisition of Jared Allen, there was talks that Drummond will be moved. Drummond, who is rebounding at an insane rate, he's playing pretty well this season. And uh, it looks like they're going to be moving him and possibly Kevin Love at some point throughout the year. So be on the lookout for that because if either one of those guys end up on a contender, I think that would matter. Um, I don't have any deals in my head right now or any potential landing spots but yeah that is one thing that happened they're also looking for a trade spot for JaVale McGee too so JaVale McGee just keeps getting bounced around almost feel a little bit bad for him because he had some stability joining the Warriors and I remember him saying that he was taking basketball seriously for like the first time at that point then he went to the Lakers and won and now he's just being bounced around but hey he got he got some money and he got his ring so how bad can you really feel right Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the world correcting itself. The Bucks are first after spending a couple of weeks there at the bottom. They're nine and four now figuring some things out. That's going to be interesting because if Giannis has any chance at three-peating in an MVP, 
at an MVP, there will be no chance that he can finish any lower than first in the Eastern Conference. That can't happen. So that would be the first rung to knock out there. Uh, watched them play the Mavericks. That was a Hood Classic. That was the, the first time I posted Hood Classic up on Twitter this season. And they uh, they won. They did beat the Mavericks. That was Porzingis' first game back. So Porzingis did return. Also helps because, again, the Mavs like got, got guys in and out at a ridiculous rate right now. Not helping Luka's MVP chances because they cannot finish 7th in the West and win. I gotta die on that hill. I need him to win MVP this year. Yes, I have an agenda. Boston, after missing like 20 games because of health and safety protocols, they're at 8-4. They're half a game back. They lost in embarrassing fashion to the Knicks. Kimba came back, and then Kimba got hurt again. So, but apparently it was a hip this time. Let me just make sure, as a matter of fact, because there was so much going on yesterday. I actually played, actually paid attention to football for the first time yesterday. And uh, so, yeah, Kimba returns after the knee injury, and he played, and they didn't even report it. So maybe it wasn't that, maybe it wasn't that serious. I don't know. Heard it was like a hip or something like that. Anyways, it got blown out. It was a dark day. January 17th, if you didn't know, fun fact, I saw on Twitter. I wish I had the source, but I don't. Uh, January 17th, the Celtics have not won a game on January 17th in 10 years. That was against the Orlando Magic. And I knew that without even looking it up. I was so proud of myself. I, I am really ingrained in this in this Celtic culture because <laughs> I knew that I remembered the game. I remember because it was closer to... Uh, the I think that was I think the Super Bowl was probably a lot taking place back then or taking place around that time, and I remember that uh, that might have even been that Sunday. I don't know. I might be bullshitting now, but I did remember because we were in the thick of things with Orlando. I remember playing them. That was a good time. But yeah, haven't won in ten years since, so that's the excuse for being blown out by the Knicks. It's a curse day. The Sixers, Ben Simmons scoring is down, but they are nine and five. Of course, they've been health and safety protocol out of their perfect start. Uh, yeah, Ben Simmons is starting to catch some slander around the NBA Twitter sphere for, quote, not improving. His scoring is down this year by around four points. He has attempted some threes. He's not really attempting much, whereas every other year he attempts, <laughs> says, 0.1 three-point attempts. Now it's, now it's 0.4 three-point attempts. I think he's airballed a couple. One of them he bricked badly. Another one was airballed, but... He's attempting them sometimes. I don't know. Not a whole lot. Yep. Uh, the He's not had a great stretch lately. And people are worried that those trade rumors messed with him a little bit. Because that is the thing that happens with players, right? That's not just talk. The Brandon Ingram. Who came out and said that? I believe it might have been Ingram. Or somebody came out and said it about the trade rumors when they were in LA. Of course, they were younger guys. Ben Simmons is still pretty young. He's only 24 years old. And so, yeah, I guess that can kind of mess with your confidence a little bit. But for now, he's safe. For now he's safe that would have been i know you know philly whatever you think about james harden i think y'all would have enjoyed that <laughs> i think y'all would have really enjoyed that if that happened now you've got to go back on the road of hoping simmons and Embiid work out at a championship level and Embiid is playing at an mvp level so that's cool and guys keep going out so uh he's gotta play at an even higher level how does that factor into the mvp race once this is all done do they take that into account i don't know Indiana, 8-5. and five. No more Oladipo. That's going to be interesting. That is going to be interesting. Again, I thought Oladipo looked physically... He, he wasn't shooting that well, but I thought physically he looked nice. I thought he was making some good defensive plays. And now they're not going to have him or his replacement, Karis LeVert. So they're going to lean into Sabonis even more. But I do wonder how far they go with that. Um, but yeah, they're 8-5 and five in a, only a game out of first right now. So again, with all these games being canceled, everything's just really weird because... It's like supposed to have been a couple more games on like all these guys' records. 
Man, Brooklyn. One and a half game out of first at eight and six, and now they've got their big three. So despite Kyrie missing all those games at the beginning and uh, Kevin Durant resting some games and their record only being around 500, they are still, because of everything that's gone on, they are still in a great opportunity to catapult to the first seed if things work out that way. The magic behind them, that was the first victim for Brooklyn, but not really. They, they put up a great fight again. It was like, it's not hard to score on Brooklyn right now. So they put up a great fight. I watched that whole game instead of football. That was I, did, I only watched football yesterday because of Brady. And yeah, so the Magic are 6-7. and seven. Cleveland, talk about them 6-7. and seven. And oh yeah, Charlotte, 6-8. and eight. So LaMelo Ball is very likely to be Rookie of the Year. Just from where we're sitting right now. First of all, they are going to have a great chance to make the playoffs, I think. ATL is injured to hell, so they're back to kind of back to where they were. And Trey Young has not been playing good at all since uh, Steve Nash took his powers by saying he's not playing real basketball with the the foul hunting. So they're tenth, and they look like regular. They look like regular Hawks. Lamelo Ball though is leading rookies in like every stat category: points, rebounds, assists, like everything that matters. He's pretty much <laughs> leading in. Uh, Again, probably going to be... They're very visible. Probably going to make the playoffs. He has all the media coverage for it. And he's playing great. And he's not even starting yet. He hasn't even been starting uh, throughout this season. Yeah, I, I think this is probably where it'll go. Uh, the rookie rankings were released. They find the first rookie rankings. Reese ranked third. So you had LaMelo Ball. You had Wiseman. And you had Halliburton. So that was interesting. Because I was told... right? I don't, I don't really care what people say. But I, I was... I heard that after I made the Reese video, people were like, oh, he made it because they're friends. And then the ratings came out and like, no, he's third in the rookie ladder. Dick face. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have made it if it was like he was averaging two tenths of a point a game. But he was but he had averaged maybe two or three assists. Maybe he made like two good passes a game. And then I made that video. That would make more sense. Yeah. Then he's their friends. So he made the video. No, the man has been good. And y'all aren't watching King's games, like I said. If you watch King's games, you actually see, yeah, he's had some bad games here and there, but he's been really good throughout this season if you actually watch them, which people don't. I can't blame you for not watching the Kings. You don't. And so he wouldn't know. Uh, but yeah, that, that was hilarious to, to hear about those comments. And then the rookie letter came out, and it's like, no, I was I, I didn't just make a video about a friend who's, who's a fringe rotation player. That's not what happened there. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Again, yeah, just doing my job there, and LaMelo Ball will probably end up with it. I think LaMelo Ball is playing good enough. I think he's going to end up starting. I think the Hornets are going to be fighting for that playoff spot. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's the, he's a highlight machine, too. He's a highlight machine. His passing IQ is off the charts. LaMelo Ball, probably A, needs a video. That, that would probably be a, a easy view hit, right? <laughs> LaMelo Ball was a was a view hit before he was in the NBA. I can't remember what channel used to make LaMelo Ball videos all the time, but that shit was banging back then. Either way, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not only that, but you got Hayward on the team, too. Hayward is feasting. Shout out to Gordon Hayward, man. Um, people think I get salty at, like, old Celtics players. Like, I only wish the best for these guys. Hayward is a, is a funny situation because of more than one thing, but... Either way, he is uh, getting a, he's got a better role, obviously, in Charlotte than he did in Boston. He's not playing behind a bunch of young guys who all need shots. He is now back up to 22 points a game, averaging uh, five rebounds. He's doing this on 49% shooting and 40% from three. And he, again, he had that 40 point game the other, the other day or last week. I think I mentioned on the last podcast. So, yeah, it's good to see him doing well, man. It's good to see him doing well, regardless of anything. It, it, he did not have a good run in Boston at all. 
and it wasn't anything you could control. He had a gruesome injury on his first game there. And then young guys came up and Kyrie, just a lot of things happened, right? So he was never bad per se in Boston, but he never lived up to what we were paying him either. And so he's in Charlotte and it doesn't look like a totally wasted contract right now. So yeah, shout out to y'all. Happy for y'all. <laughs> Happy for y'all. Uh, the Knicks are right outside of the playoff on right there. They're basically tied. They're basically tied with Charlotte. So that still has a long time to work itself out. Julius Randle is still hooping, but it is coming back to earth a little bit below 500. That's what you would expect. Levine is also having a season for himself, but as expected, the Bulls are below 500. It maybe will be fighting for a playoff spot in the Miami Heat are four and seven. Miami Heat are four and seven. They're below all these teams I just talked about below the Bulls, Knicks, Hornets, Hawks. They're below all of them. They're down there right now. And again, they've been missing guys. So I don't think anybody really cares. That's one of those things. Once the mail-in ballots hit, Miami Heat should definitely get like the Magic spot or the Cavaliers. One of those, they're coming off those spots, right? Cavaliers and Magic are going to come off those spots eventually. There's two spots in the East that I think are definitely open right now. And so the Heat will be back. <laughs> Damn, speaking of that, we would talk about the Raptors. They're only like one game, like a half a game within, uh, within Toronto at the moment. Definitely one of the league's most disappointing teams. Washington, oh yeah, they were like the first serious COVID outbreak of the year, right? And Westbrook had a setback with his quad injury. That is still an issue from last season. So the, I think they said he's not going to play for about a month. And so, yeah. Oh yeah. So Beal might get traded. That's the thing. So the Wizards, they suck. <laughs> Nothing new there. But apparently if Beal does seriously become available, the Miami Heat are primed to make an offer. So be on the lookout for that. Beal could end up in Miami. Miami could say, hey, Brooklyn just did what they did. They they got they absorbed their androids. They're going to move up. They got a lot of competition up there. Don't know if we can hang this year. This ain't the bubble. Maybe we need to make a deal. But it's going to cost you somebody. You ain't getting Beal for free. You weren't going to get Harden for free. You ain't going to get Beal for free. I believe he leaves the NBA and scoring right now. He's averaging like 34. You're not going to get none for free out here. That's going to be interesting to see what they would be willing to part with because we know what the Houston Rockets asked for. In the Western Conference, all this turmoil and questioning is going around in the NBA, and the Lakers are just chilling. They're 11-3. and <laughs> They are chilling, chilling. They don't have COVID issues. They don't have drama. They are just they, they are just cooling. And uh, we await their match with the Brooklyn Nets sometime in February. The Clippers are right behind them, though. That's working out how I thought it would. I did have those two as the top two seeds in the Western Conference. I believe it'll still work out that way. And it is scary how much Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard's stat lines are alike. So I tweeted about it the uh, other day, probably like two days ago. And their stat line is so damn near identical. So Paul George is having a great season, by the way. Uh, good for him. Like I said, I wanted to see a bounce back. Check this out. Paul George averages 24.8 points per game. Kawhi averages 24.3. PG averages 2.2 personal fouls. Kawhi averages 1.9. PG averages 0.5 blocks. Kawhi 0.7. PG 1.2 steals. Kawhi 1.8. PG 5.1 assists. Kawhi 5.9. PG 5.5 rebounds. Kawhi 4. Their field goal percentage is separated by two points. Kawhi 49, PG 51. Damn, PG shooting 51% from three. Now that's one place, and that's on eight three-point attempts again. Now that's one place they they did for quite a bit. That that can't that cannot sustain either. This man PG is actually right now averaging. He, he's on track for a 50-50-90 a season, I think. Right, uh, free throws. Yeah, 92%. Wow, if he held that, yeah, he's definitely in the MVP race at the moment. 
PG averages 34.5 minutes per game. Kawhi averages 34.1. That's crazy. Kawhi is like a, a robot mirroring PG right now. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that on the uh, the the Twitter sphere somewhere, and I was just like, yo, it's actually. No, no, this is basketball reference. Yeah, I was just looking through basketball reference, and I was like, yo, that is stupid how close those are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it was a Blood Brother post by ESPN, I think. So, he had been paying attention to the, to the Clippers. I did say at the beginning of the season, their failure made them look a lot worse than they were. I think it made a lot of uh, a, a lot of narratives came up. I was like, whoa. I tried to caution against that at the beginning of the season. I'm like, they were still one game away from playing the Lakers as they were supposed to be. They were right there. And then they got Ibaka this year. I didn't think they were going to just like fall off the face of the earth. I still expected them to be uh, right there near the top. I just didn't think it's going to be as interesting as it was last year. So that's where we are right now so far, like 14 games through the season. Utah is doing well, and Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell are also uh, working out this season better than last. They are 9-4. and four. They've actually surpassed Phoenix, but Phoenix has also not been able to play a couple of games because of the protocol, so they're 7-4. and four. Portland, with those injuries, they're at the fifth seed at 8-5. and five. We're going to see if they're going to be able to hold. The San Antonio Spurs are actually apparently fascinating this year, and they're at 7-6. and six. They're playing a different brand of basketball for the first time in a very long time, if you're not watching Spurs games. Many people aren't, because they're not that interesting anymore. They already had that boring stereotype, uh, but I don't think... Who knows? We'll see if they get an important game and people change their mind. I don't know. They rank above the the Mavericks right now, who are six and six. Mavs are six and six, of course. Again, dealing with everybody being out, so like no continuity, trying to integrate Porzingis, and that puts Golden State at six and six, playing the Lakers tonight. Probably going to be six and seven afterwards. They're at the eighth seed. Now, what's interesting is Memphis did not die, man. I expected Memphis to die. Well, first of all, I expected John Morant to be out way longer than he was. John Morant was, he came back inside three weeks and they're still in the playoff hunt and he's back. And I don't know when Jaron Jackson is coming back, but yeah, great job because I read them off. I, I mean, I wrote them off. I thought he was going to be out for like a month. I thought they were going to completely fall apart without him. They did not. They did not. That's just a struggle. They are well, they, they're tied for seventh, basically. They're tied for seventh and they're only like a couple of games out of six. Not even that, barely, really out of fifth. So, yeah, Memphis is still in this thing. Memphis is right there in this thing. OKC is right there with it. They're both in front of Denver, New Orleans, and Houston. Yeah, that's happening. The Nuggets are still trying to figure things out. And I I haven't seen MPJ in a hot minute, so that doesn't help at all. But their defense also doesn't help anything either. And, uh, yeah... That is pretty much it for the standings. Everything is still relatively close. Every team is still pretty much in it. Like, the Minnesota Timberwolves are only two and a half games outside of eighth. So, there's no momentum going on for some of these teams down here. But also, nobody is even close to being completely out of it. Same hell, same thing in the East. Because, again, mostly because of the protocols and teams missing games. You got Detroit only two games out of eighth. So, very weird year, man. Very weird year. And that's about it for... That's about it for the NBA today. My creator highlight is still NBA related, so I'm not really doing that much of a transition. My creator highlight is actually a podcast this time, man. Shout out to uh, Nikias Duncan, I believe that's how you say it. He's a, he's a good Twitter follow. But he does a podcast with Steve Jones Jr., who was a video coordinator for a couple of teams. I believe that was his title. And uh, they have a podcast called The Dunker Spot that I listen to on Spotify, and it's easily one of my favorites. So 
how does it differ from mine? Well, first of all, they are strictly basketball all the time. Normally at the end here, I go off and I do a couple of media things uh, and I do a couple of questions, which I'm ironically questioning, to be honest with you. I don't know if I'm going full basketball or not, because it's always such a small part at the end. I might just do like a separate... I might just do like a separate uh, podcast for stuff like that one day. Anyways, yeah, The Dunker Spot is an amazing podcast by two great basketball minds. Again, one of them is a video coordinator. So if you want to listen, it's not for everybody. Again, uh, people, especially if you see what type of content thrives on Twitter, a lot of it is narrative based. A lot of it is, yeah, it's narrative based. And their podcast is mostly discussing basketball completely. They're just really, really in depth. Like, I don't honestly know how they fucking know everything because they talk about such a uh, they don't talk about every team in their podcast. That's the one thing they don't cover as many teams, but they'll the things that they do cover. It's very in depth. It's very advanced. So if you want a deeper understanding of what's going on with certain teams that you might never watch or even with teams that you do watch, they are uh, very it's. It's not, you're not, you're not going to get goat debates on there. You're not going to get a lot of the other stuff that you might find interesting, uh, that the world apparently finds interesting because the numbers don't lie. But yeah, I think they're just on Spotify and Apple podcasts. I probably believe. So if you just type in the dunker spot on either platform, you will bring that up. And yeah, that's, that's my listen because I'm not even going to lie. Like I have time to watch the Cavaliers in depth. I have time to, you know, do a little bit of looking around at them and I'll pop in every now and then, but I don't, I'm not watching them in depth. I don't. Sometimes I just don't have time to get to that. However, they do. And, uh, yeah, they understand the game on an even deeper level. So, yeah, big shout out to them. Very fascinating. Listen, you know, sometimes the show is just two hours of them just straight spitting. They 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 work off of each other very well as co-hosts. Both very knowledgeable. There's not, uh, there, there's not like, one of them talking and then the other person can't really keep up. It's nothing like that. They're, they're both great. So, yeah, creator highlight goes to the Dunkin' Spot. Not necessarily a YouTuber. I don't know what their podcast numbers are like. I don't even know if they're small, if they're considered small or not. I don't, I'm pretty sure they don't because Nakaias actually writes like official NBA pieces and stuff. So, but I don't know what the analytics are like. So they're just great creators that I'm giving uh, a highlight, highlight to. Yeah. Steve Jones is also a great follow on Twitter. Again, this is what I mean when I say like narrative based stuff is what thrives out there because Steve Jones, like during games, he'll actually be breaking down plays and giving really good perspective to something you might not have saw and it gets like no attention so that's uh that's a great follow steve jones jr on twitter and nakaias duncan and uh that's it for the podcast this week man i didn't do questions i did not do questions i came prepared to talk about everything i could with the nets completely exhausted that list got through the standings and whatnot really last night i played the nets i streamed twice yesterday that's always like really intense Streamed twice and it ended with me playing the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> the first time I actually had to play against them. And uh Yeah, so just a little bit on that, because you've seen the you're gonna see more of the videos on this channel and you've already seen one of them. Playing with Harden was a lot easier, just James Harden, and not having to integrate Kyrie Irving, that was a lot easier. Once they brought Kyrie in, first of all, it made it, it was confusing on like, uh, first of all, I had like, I felt like I had too many options one, but again, I played against the Clippers and the guy put Kawhi at PG. So I, there was nowhere for Kawhi to be on or Kyrie to be on the floor. I'm sure he can get buckets in real life in a scheme like that. But in the game, like you're not getting past Kawhi or PG with Kyrie Irving. He's small. He's going to get blocked at the rim. And then he couldn't defend anybody on the floor. Like <clears throat> James Harden is exaggerated. I'm about to say a word that's not actually a word. They exaggerate how bad of a defender James Harden is. I understand he doesn't, he's not known for that. He doesn't give effort sometimes, but holy shit. 
the he's like a traffic cone it's on 2k dudes are doing traffic cone drills on him it's crazy like he's not that damn bad right he's just getting blown by even in the low post i don't think they simulate his his strength down low well enough so that was that was a tough game ended up winning it but playing the first time where you could just put Harden at point guard and then have KD out there and just have it spread out with shooters, I think that was a lot easier. Uh, it, it was a lot less stressful. But then again, I was playing the Rockets too, so it wasn't necessarily the hardest comp. But yeah, so the story though, playing against the Nets, which is a video that's going to come out. I haven't decided whether I'm going to save it or whether I'm going to... Because I've been going in order of editing, playing out online videos. But the Nets, once I moved up, because obviously it's hot right now. Playing against the Brooklyn Nets, I, first of all, this man pause cheesed. I ran it, this is the first Nets, this is the first guy we played, and he fucking pause cheesed. Now, I, I used Brooklyn for content, I've soared off of them now. I played one where it was just Harden and KD, then I played one where it was those big three. Because that's what the people wanted to see, that's what the viewers wanted to see. I'm never going to use Brooklyn again though, I've got my wins with them, I don't ever need to, I'm not curious about that team anymore, I never need to use them again. Fam. Don't pick Brooklyn and then also pause cheese. If you if you need to be evil, if you need to get something off your chest and you need to use the Brooklyn Nets, by all means, make it happen. But do not pick this team and pause cheese. Do not pick this team and be like, be a dick about it, fam, because you're giving yourself up. We know you played with the Warriors back in the day. We know you were a 2K17, 18 Warriors user then. You're giving yourself up. If you used the Warriors back then, whatever, but don't give yourself up, fam. <laughs> like, come on now. Cheese, fadeaway threes, which, by the way, Joe knows has been, uh, now I see what he's talking about. He's been on Twitter making an like a, an uproar about the fadeaway threes. And I get that KD, I get the type of shooter he is, but KD also takes efficient shots in real life. He'll go to a fadeaway if he has to, but on three-pointers, a lot of that is like set shooting. He's not like taking the craziest shots you've ever seen. Anyways, yeah, you can abuse that with KD online. That just makes the Nets even more toxic. If you're fading away from the three-point line, all you have to do is like escape dribble into a fade and it'll go in basically. KD is like back to 2K12 level toxic. 2K12 levels of toxic right now. But uh, I haven't said the worst part. I had to play this Nets team with the We Believe Warriors. Now, if you don't know about the We Believe Warriors, they're missing multiple players. I believe they have seven real players, I think. Off their bench, I think you get Monte Ellis, Matt Barnes, and a 2K generic creation of Kalina Azubuike, who was a shooter for that team. And I, I had to play them. I played against the We Believe Warriors yesterday, so I realized that they had like i i was like huh they, he's number seven and he looks around the same size i was like it looks like they tried to make him then i played with him and i realized oh wait that's not a generic that's actually as a wiki they tried to make but yeah if you let the computer do it you'll have like three generics come in so that's what i was up against that's all i was up against i had to play the nets with that team which makes play now online interesting because the whole point of having tiers is so that that doesn't happen I, i've never liked the tier system i've never liked the blind match system so they give you a blind match system so that you don't run it because that was a problem back in like the 2k 13 days you would always run into a team that was uh the lakers everyone was using kobe dwight howard and steve nash back then and or the 13 miami heat that's the only teams anybody would use online so they i guess play now online was made to remedy those issues but it doesn't remedy the issue when i picked the we believe warriors who are tier two then I run into the Brooklyn Nets who are god tier. I don't. I don't see how you see that playing out online is neglected. We know this, but yeah, as long as you're not playing the Nets, it's actually pretty fun. So that's what's going on there. That's my experience with the Brooklyn Nets. I held. I held my own, man. Go watch the vod. It's gonna be a video here, but I held my own until I just couldn't anymore. I uh, Jason Richardson. 
caught the ball while he was open. And the thing about online is there, we joke about it, but there is a bit of latency. So if you're rebounding and you press triangle to rebound a couple of times, by the time he grabs the rebound and hits the ground, or you're fighting for the rebound. So you're trying to, you're fighting other people for the rebound. But if you press the button accidentally just one time too much, by the time he grabs the rebound, he hits the floor, he throws it back out to somebody. So now you can't go back up with it. You didn't mean to pass it, but he passed it, right? So that happens a lot of the times because of the latency, you hit certain buttons, things like that happen. And I was only down by like seven points or so or something like that. I was within, it was fourth quarter and I was in the game. Jason Richardson gets the ball and because of this, this fucking latency with these buttons, he fake passes it and then he shoots it. I was just trying to shoot the ball. I was just trying to shoot the ball, but I think because I was trying to get the ball, like I was trying to pass it and the animation was going too slow, I was also pressing X. So by the time he got the ball, he faked it and then he shot it right after. And of course I had already let go of square and he airballed it and that was just the last straw. I was out of here. <laughs> I was out of here, but I told y'all on the last Play Now Online video, I would not stick around for Nets Toxicity, bro. I will, I will eat. I will be gone. I will, I will, I will be out. And I was out. But I, I kept the game within four points for like most of the time. And uh, it was fun because you know most Nets users are going to be trash. So I thought I could get one over on him. And I was that close. And then, yeah, trying to guard these guys one-on-one is impossible. Can't go into a zone because, obviously, all they have to do is swing the ball and find an open shooter. Yeah, the Nets, your, your grandfather, who's never touched a PlayStation in his life, couldn't win with the Nets right now. That's the story. I take no pride in the content that I made with them, but got to do what you got to do on the tube, right? Well, I'm out of here. The podcast is not only on the tube, by the way. It is on Spotify and iTunes, which I didn't say at the beginning. Of course, I didn't uh no nothing to say with that just rate the show if you can if you enjoy it rate it five stars if you enjoy it share it and uh i will see y'all here next week hopefully the nba is still intact this week at macy's get great deals on fashion and home essentials update your wardrobe with 20 percent off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50 percent off fresh looks for him and her plus transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.